Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this episode... Bah! Got you. Did I what? Did I get you? No. Darn it. You're looking right at me. Oh, yeah. <sighs> all right. <laughs> you don't know how to scare people, all right? You had to bring them in the conversation. Oh, no, I yell! Right? <laughs> That's how you scare people. Well, this episode is going to be a spooky one. Yes, or uh, not essentially ghost story. Again. I guess kind of. It's more scary stories. Yeah, like scary stories. Like you don't want to tell this in the dark, or you kind of do. It depends on what kind of person you are. Like if you're around a campfire and you want to spook the bejesus out of the, you know, crowd you got, or. And funny enough, when Megan was telling me about this idea for mm-hmm. this story, I thought of, of the um, scary story that I wrote when I was a kid. Right. Wait, you wrote this as a kid. Yeah. So don't expect greatness. Oh gosh. <laughs> but I'll save the friend. Okay. But um, uh, uh, haunted update. Haunted update. Uh, we need, actually like a jingle. Uh, speaking of which, you just reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. During my vacation, mm-hmm. which is next week, mm-hmm. um, hopefully get to the haunted out. I'm sorry, everybody. That throat burp. That was like that was like a burp that stayed in my throat. That was inside. Yeah, like. But I sound like George Takai. Oh. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So my vacation is next week, so we're gonna actually get some more material out there for you guys. Um. But I just thought of something that I needed to do. Rewrite the song. No. Okay. Well, technically, yes. Yeah. But yeah, create a new intro song. Yeah. 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 So uh look forward to that. Yeah, we're gonna have a new intro song. Sometime soon. Yeah. Why is it when I talk in this voice it sounds like George Sakai? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't have know. no idea who he no. is. Mm-mm. He was I... the Asian guy on Star Trek. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um Yeah. Okay, back to what we're saying. The hunter update, yes. Uh, we went to a new place. Yeah, we actually went to, well, we went to two places last week. Not a new place. Well, yeah. A well, one was place. a new place. Yeah. yeah, the other one wasn't. First one was uh Civil War Memorial area. Yes. Yes. And that was pretty interesting. They had like replicas of, was it replicas, right? They didn't have anything original, did they? Was it Newport? Um, They had a little site, I guess, dedicated to like Civil War mem- it was, it was like, like on a, the battlefield grounds, though, right? I, if it was, it was a small section. Yeah. I think so. I think it was. Again, Brandon's listening going, oh, my ah, god, This is not what it means at all. Yeah. No. Um, this is not where we went at all. This, this is what he told us, and, and half the time we were paying attention. I don't know. No. But uh, it was like little buildings, right? Little uh-huh. depiction, the depictions of the time period. Um, little blacksmith area. It had a wagon. Um, real neat looking wagon thing, mm-hmm. uh, and different uh like guns and stuff variations that they might have used. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll pick the tables we can sit around. So yeah, a lot of spirits tied to the area. Plus, the majority of buildings in the area were very old, mm-hmm. at least a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of history on like this side because we're so close to the coast. So yeah. any anybody that kind of like came here, you know, there's obviously Native Americans, and you know, all that jazz. But, um, yeah, we actually, I didn't particularly, you know, my hand charged majority of the time we were there. No, I saw, there was quite a bit, um, the blacksmith area. Well, I was on one section and Hammer kept coming up on the ghost tube, um, kept saying, Hammer, Hammer, come find me. And I was like, and as soon as we got there, like, you can attest to this, I was drawn to that blacksmith area. Yeah. And, um, we went over there and I I just, every time I kept going over there, I kept going over there and, uh, there's like stuff indicating like there was like hammer on the ghost tube. There was in pain, uh, that kind of stuff. And it was kind of crazy because, um, I think it's an S I'm sorry. I'm bad with equipment guys. I think it was SB seven, right? The one that Aaron takes around with him. Yes. Yes. So, 
um, he was asking like, you know, because it has a temperature gauge on it, and he, he, you know, he tells it like, make it go off, you know, yes or whatever for no, and uh, it asked, he asked uh, Aaron, one of the paranormal investigators on the team, was like, hey, do you want to talk to Megan? And there's two Megans on the team. There's me and another Megan. And um, he was like, do you want to talk to this Megan? And it didn't do it. But then he pointed it to me. He's like, you want to talk to this Megan? And it was like lighting off. And I was like, that's kind of cool. But yeah, I just kept getting drawn to that blacksmith area. There was like someone just in there chilling. And then I saw a bunch of like like shadows, like silhouette of, of men, of a man. Um, like there's a cannon area, like there's an actual cannon, uh, at the front entrance. And I saw, I literally saw someone standing behind it. And then some, uh, I think it was Brandon. I think it was Brandon and Erica. Um, they actually saw the mannequin cause they have where like, you can't actually go into the buildings, but you can look inside as like see through and there's a mannequin in there and the mannequin moved. Yeah. Yeah. That does not. Ugh. They caught a lot of good pictures. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike, he caught like a good amount of apparitions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but we actually, the other one, we went um, back to the web. The web Memorial web. Library in yep. Moorhead, which is always fun because there's a lot of stuff there. And I feel like if like you want to get stuff validated, going there is like... Yeah. Uh, amongst the many things that happened, uh, was it uh, Aaron? With mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the camera mm-hmm. uh, that was on uh, night vision uh, yeah. or IR camera, sorry, uh, caught the weirdest apparition I have ever seen, yeah. and anyone's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Brandon was like, "I've never seen that before." What was strange is that I'm standing. We'll, we'll probably share the footage sometime soon. Yeah, on the, um, for those of you that are just tuning in, we're part of a paranormal investigation team. Yeah, it's called No called Quarter Paranormal. No Quarter Paranormal, and they um, post some of the evidence and stuff. So definitely check them out on Instagram. They're on Facebook, TikTok. I'll give you the whole like list of names because some of them are different on different social medias. So um, at the end of the show, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'll describe it to you, and you're gonna go what and exactly how I describe it. Exactly how it looks like. Um, from where the camera's pointed, I'm in the foreground, and I was basically filling out the room. Um, but what you see is when I spread my uh, I spread my arms wide to fill out the room. A question mark, and I mean a literal question mark, exactly the shape of it. Mm-hmm. But if it was made of like ectoplasm, I guess or string, yeah, like it's floated like like... from away from me, away to the right, to Aaron's point of view, and towards him. Which I thought was crazy because you guys were literally asking questions on the fact that it wasn't a question. Mark. I know it was like that. That's like I mean, it's like. I've never seen like a, an actual like symbol. It, it looked like a question mark, like a literal hoop loop straight down with the like the dot at the bottom. Yeah, it, yeah, it even had the <laughs> dot, which is crazy. Um, and people were like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. When we share the footage, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, that's a question mark." Oh, I didn't even talk about this. So we had where a group went in first, right? Yeah. And uh, I was part of that group that went in first, and then the other group stayed outside. With all the ladies. Yeah. So we went in and uh, we went, the I guess, like, not the worst, but, like, the most, like, kind of, like, negative-ish feeling is um, one of the spots is upstairs in the kitchen area. And we kind of went in that area, but Megan kind of went in there and kind of, like, did a little bit of an EVP. Like, she put the phone down, like, did the ghost tube. And that room, and then there was another room that literally, there was a female over the walkie-talkie, and there was all, like, the men were outside, and we were inside, and we didn't hit the button, but there was a female, and you guys heard it, because you guys were like, whoa, Um, because we were outside, we could hear you guys literally go, whoa, what the heck? And it was like a female voice came over the walkie-talkie. That was probably the most... And we were like, what? We're not. And it kept like calling, like ringing, you know, like on walkie talkies. How you have like, yeah, like, call. Yeah. yeah, call button. Um, yeah. And it kept doing that. And it was weird. And I was because Megan had the walkie talkie and she was she had it like, you know, like clipped on her side. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That was probably the most like evident, like 
evident thing I saw other than that like string thing that you know looking back at the footage or whatever. No, because it like, went off when we were outside and I heard a woman scream, "Help me!" Yeah, which we thought it was one of you guys. We were all yeah. panicking, like, "What the hell's going on?" You know, because we're all outside. Yeah. Um, and the sheer fact we were in kind of like one of the rooms that we weren't in, like most of us were outside, but Megan was like, you know, putting the phone to get something and um, kind of outside. Cause I, cause literally right before that happened, I was like, Hey, you know, this is the room that like, you know, we really shouldn't, I don't think we should go in. And as soon as that happened, we heard that and we like darted, like not darted. Okay. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because you know, you don't run, but, uh, we heard, you know, you guys yelling like, "Open the door! Open the door!" Yeah. So, um, but one of the, uh, I mean, I've I have never really seen anything because majority of spirits that come, especially dark ones, don't come near me. Mm-hmm. They usually try to run, right? When I I pull them off the plane, mm-hmm. and if you're if this is your first episode you're listening to, go back and listen to other ones because then my what I'm talking about makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, usually they, they stay clear of me. But when we were upstairs, and I think you were downstairs with the other Megan, mm-hmm. um, and Aaron, I believe. Yeah, it was me, Megan, and Aaron. Yeah, and the rest downstairs. of us were upstairs in one of the rooms. And where the room I was in, I could see across, directly across into the other room, and directly across to that far, in that other room, all the way at the end, there's a door, an entryway, literally, at least into the hallway, and it goes across to the other room, which that room uh, across. From the far end of the room is the kitchen, the one that's mm-hmm. supposed to have a bad, bad vibes from, right? Mm-hmm. So I kept staring down there because I kept feeling like there's somebody peeking around the corner. And yeah, lo and behold, there's someone peeking around the corner, just a shadow of it. And it's really hard to see in the dark, but I can see like that area of darkness is moving differently from other things. Yeah. So I look towards them when they get some weird things over the spirit box and I look back. And what I see in the middle of the room uh, is a shadow entity, or it's all black mass, but. It was in the shape of a person, but it, the position that it was in was like, um, if anyone's ever seen it, uh, like Pennywise's dance that he does, that that stupid thingy, minus a leg kicking thing, but because kind of how he had his his arms out, like out to his side, right, and it was kind of hunched over and turned to the side, like looking at me, Ew. right. I was like, what the hell? Like I breathed for a second, like, am I seeing what I am seeing? I I flashed my flashlight in that direction. There was nothing there. Yeah, but I was like, oh. So yeah, there was a lot of like correlation with stuff on the actual ghost tube. Um, I went in the elevator, which scared the crap out of me because I don't like elevators to begin with. Mm. But I went with Aaron and I went with the other Megan into um, the elevator that's there. And uh, yeah, that was freaky. Like the lights turned off. They're trying to determine if there's like a timer um, in there. But. Yeah, we were getting ready to leave, and it was saying halt, like stop. Mm. And we were like, okay, well, you know, if you're not going to do it for us, you know, we need you to turn the lights off to let us know you're here. And we were getting ready to leave, like we were getting ready to leave, like push the button to open the elevator to get out. And all of a sudden, boom, the lights went off. And we were both, we were all three kind of, well, Aaron, I should say, is super composed, but like me and Megan were like, oh, you know, even though that's the thing is like, I think even when you are psychic and, you know, you see stuff normally, like I see people, but like when you get like a clear, like something is there, it's still like, it's still like sends a shiver down my spine sometimes. Or like when you, when, cause I mean, I get messages, but like when I talk to someone, it's like, I'm seeing a movie, you know what I mean? And they're talking to me and like. They're actually talking to me like a person would. It's not like I don't know when I see like ev like really like evident in front of me. Ugh, I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue tied. But like when I see it, like something move or something like that, and I know like what's there, and I see it. It's like I said, it still sends a shiver down my spine, even though like I've experienced this my whole life, and I've seen like boxes thrown down hallways stuff moved still freaks me out a little bit i think why it freaked me out is things like blatantly in my in my like i can see it clearly because mm-hmm. i've never had anything seen clearly yeah. but then again um major- like i said majority of the time i could feel it before it takes enough energy to appear itself so yeah. i know it's coming yeah 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 
So that's pretty much what happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more stuff like that, but I want to take a bigger time talking about it. But yeah, those are like the main key points. And a lot of footage was caught and uh, EVPs and such. So um, we'll probably, well, no quarter when Brandon ever gets around to it. Um, (laughs) At least some of that on the Instagram uh, and possibly on the YouTube, I think he set up. Yeah. Yeah, I think eventually they're going to have like content on the YouTube. Yeah. On to today's episode. Which these are scary stories that we have found. Some are true and some are not. Yeah. 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 So. Determine which ones are which. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. If you want. So. I guess it's, I should say these that I'm going to share. The first part anyways are true. Um, So when I was a kid and even like through my teenage years. Not a kid. I was like maybe 13, 14. The things that used to scare me, like I would read, like, you know, that was kind of like when Reddit started coming out and all, I think, anyways, and all that stuff, like, you know, there was forums where you could tell your experiences. Not like now, like where literally if you got an experience, you could share it, you know, with podcast people, you could share it like all over the internet. But I used to like freak out at, um, the, the ones that were like the one or two line, like horror stories or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? Like, this will scare you. These stories will scare you in one or two lines. Well, the things, the the other thing that, like, would freak me out is, like, the babysitter stories. Because I used to babysit, so I guess that's kind of, like, I resonated with some of the stuff. And so, sometimes now, if I just want to, like, spook myself out a bit, I go back to, like, the creepiest things kids have said to parents or creepiest things that kids have said, that kind of thing, to babysitters. I don't know why. Weirdo. <laughs> but this um story, so I found an article that had sixteen creepiest things children's children have said to babysitters. I've been a babysitter. A lot of people probably have been babysitters. And I've had some creepy stories, but anyway, some of these are like blah, blah, blah. anyways. So the first story, um, these are all sent in by the way. They don't actually have like anybody's name, but they were sent in and this comes off a website called Elite Readers. So if anyone wants to look this up. Okay, first story. A few years ago, I was putting my friend's daughter to bed for the night. She was about three at the time, and she was at that stage where she'd rarely fight going to sleep. She asked me why she had to go to bed, and I said, because it is late, and it's time for little girls to get a good night's rest. She then pointed at nothing across the room and said, what about that little girl? What would you do if Killian said something like that? I'd be like, well, what does that person look like? Because this is our life. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That is very true. Uh, Yeah. There's a high percent chance. High. Every house we live in is going to be haunted. Furth then in and furth thou out. No. Well, I mean, I guess now that I know, too, cleansing, you know. And I can take things off the plane. Yeah, so. But... (laughs) Um, what was I going to say? Gosh darn it, I hate when that happens. Wait, you lost your train of thought? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that kind of reminds me of myself. Like, when I was a kid, like, I lost a lot of friends. Like, when I was, like, a young kid. Like, when I would go on the sleepovers. Because I would literally be like, hey, by the way, um, I just want to tell you you're, you know, Uncle Joe or Uncle Jake or grandpa whoever just wants to say hello and that he loves you and you could tell your mom too that he loves her or whatever right and like the parents would get freaked out because obviously those people would be dead but i'd see them as like normal so yeah i probably was (laughs) on this list of creepy kids that people had to babysit yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's why i got banned from a lot of people's houses Keep that crit out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so here's another one that I thought was like, ooh. Okay. Uh, two years ago, I was looking through my school yearbook with my five-year-old cousin. When we came to the page with my year two class on it, she pointed to a voice photo and said, that looks just like Nicholas. When I asked who Nicholas was, she was just said, or she, ugh, sorry, was she just said the boy in my closet and continued to look through the pictures. I literally almost died. (laughs) 
Could you imagine? That's kind of ugh. You know, for some people. For some people, that would be. All right, before you get to the next one. Yeah. Uh, this is not necessarily a scary story as mm-hmm. a scary thing. Mm-hmm. kind of works like a scary story, depending how you look at it, right? Um, it's something I found that kind of reminded me of the situation today. Mm-hmm. It's called The Elevator Game. Ew. Yeah. Whether this is real or not, I don't know. It's something I've always wanted to try. No, I've never been one of those types of people to play those games. Now, here are the notes of how to play. Okay. All right. Um, if you're Discla- wait, disclaimer: if you play this game, it is at your own risk because we don't know if it's true or not, and we are not encouraging it. But if you listen to this, want to test that theory out, that is on you. Just a disclaimer. All right. We so we don't get, get sued. sued. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're about the rich, sorry. If you, if you you're abort about the, the rich. I'm a bad out a louder reader. <laughs> if you abort the ritual from that day on, you must always make sure the woman slash child is not in the elevator before entering. Otherwise, the ritual may complete itself without any further action on your part. Now that part makes sense later. The ritual will not always work. It is believed that there are certain conditions which must be in place, but no one knows for certain what they are. Some sites state that... Um, it is most likely to, to work on t- uh, turning days, like Midsummer or Halloween, when the walls between worlds are thinnest. Uh, you can keep attempting this game until it works, but never play it again after that. That means if you get, get it through it once, don't ever try again. Uh, note, there were, uh, note that the longer you spend in this world, the harder it is to return. People differ over whether you should take an electronic device with you. Some state that they won't work in the other world. Uh, others claim the mobile phones will ring, and if you answer, there will be hissing static and agonized screams. Uh, once once you return, devices will either be broken or may randomly connect you to the other place. And those uh, that wait there, either either way, leave the expensive Apple products at home. Yeah. Uh, some say that you uh, do not see other uh, you do not see. The other place as it really is, there is a waiting period while the new world boots up, so to speak. Others believe the ritual has this waiting period built in for a, your safety. If you change certain numbers during the ritual, um, you may end up in another world uh, altogether and cannot guarantee the return the process will work. Um, if you find yourself in the world uh, with a black sky, leave immediately. Uh, some who claim to have Seeing the new world have said they felt malevolent presence nearby, watching and waiting. Almost, almost all agree that this is the an evil place. I would uh, advise staying there. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise staying there for too long because of reasons listed above. However, if you feel inclined to linger, uh, then it's important to know that time passes differently there uh, than here, and you may return to find days have passed and loved ones have reported you missing. Some report that there are items scattered around the floor, ranging in age, although some people simply vanish from existence, leaving all their things behind. One or two people claim that there are war bones. Uh, one person claims they stayed for four hours, which is the longest period, uh, recorded period. However, he was attempting to return for at least two of those. He claims that he has seen deformed things outside the building and heard breaking glass as though something was in the building. Uh, equipment is what you need. A building with at least 10 floors and a working lift or elevator. Right, because it's an elevator game. Steps. Uh, it must be dark outside. Otherwise, this can't be played uh, at any time. So it has to be at nighttime. Uh, begin on the first floor. You should be alone in the elevator as taking random... Uh, oh, yeah, as taking random to another world is sort of rude. Um, they may have different plans. <laughs> All right, stupid thing. Uh, take the elevator to the fourth floor. Without leaving the elevator, visit. Uh, without leaving the elevator, visit in this order: floors two, six, two, and ten. If anyone gets in the uh, elevator or you leave the elevator, then you must begin again. You mess it up the pattern, right? From uh, the tenth floor, go down to the fifth floor. 
A woman, sometimes a young child, will enter the elevator. Do not speak or acknowledge them in any way. They are not human. What the fudge? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is not a game I want to play. Yeah. Uh, press the button for the uh, floor one. Instead of going down, the elevator will return to floor ten. This is your last chance to abort the ritual. If you wish to do so, then before the elevator reaches floor 10, you should press the button for a different floor. Then the elevator should stop. Should now stop, and you must get out without looking back. Once the elevator has passed floor 9, it is too late to change your mind. Uh, the elevator doors will open on their own. The woman and child will have disappeared by that time, and you will be alone in the new world, although noises may lead you to think otherwise. Some say that the longer you remain in the, this world, a lot of those noises become descriptions of other world uh, of the other world differ in ways uh, most agree that the building from the world will be placed in the middle of a vast desert overlooked by a red sky here reports um, differ some claim that the world is empty but others state that they have saw things moving in the distance one person states he saw flickering figures in the sky and they and, and that they felt evil uh, to return, some people perform the ritual in reverse. I say simply, those who have been successful say that it's much harder to get back, especially if you stay there for a long time. All agree that the longer you stayed, the more uneasy they felt. Uh, um, now, the better question is, would I play? I guess this is describing the person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the person, I guess, who wrote the article uh, actually set, started to play this game and around floor 10. A woman got into the elevator. It was probably a completely ordinary woman, but it sort of freaked me out, so I quit. So she quit before she got to the world. But at floor 10, in the pattern that I was told to, a woman got on the elevator. Jeez. Now, the chances mm-hmm. of... Yeah, don't look at me. I'm not playing this. <laughs> I said the chances... Let's say you play this around like the modern day Jumanji. Uh, if you say you play this around midnight or eleven o'clock in a hotel, right, or any other building has an elevator. Mostly, you think a hotel because it has like more than ten floors, right? Better not convince Brandon. Like, I oh, he's like, let's bring a camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, the chances of someone being awake at that period of time is slim. So the chances of a woman being on the elevator going on it would be even more freakier than that. So you can't acknowledge her. No, apparently she's not human. Like you can't say hi or anything, but no. you can like look at her. I've read other things about that story. People said it played, and they said that sometimes she turns around, and she's like a demonic face. <gasps> oh, yeah. I get chills. That's gross. I can't. No, thanks. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> Brandon, if you're listening, you want to play that game with him one day? I don't know if my abilities will even help in that kind of situation. No, that just sounds like a bad plan. <laughs> like I feel like. I feel like my stomach would be in knots like so oh yeah you'd ever, be like the, coming up to the, the floor like okay here it is here and you open up there's nothing yeah yeah no if you i'm serious if you ever like our investigations expand to a point like where we have to stay at a hotel because we go so far from north carolina yeah now yeah, now yeah. and you say oh i gotta go what if we did it in a haunted hotel ew no thanks what if you did it in the cecil hotel Oh, no thanks. I feel like that would just <laughs> not be fun at all. If you know what the Season Hotel is, uh, it's a documentary on Netflix. Go watch it. And uh, Ghost Adventures, newest episode was there. Yep. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot which. Uh, I think it was American Hotspots that we talked about this, by the way. um, For those of you that talk to or not talk to but heard Isaac talk about like if it would be smart if I because like I can kind of remote view if I remote viewed places uh like the Cecil Hotel or like Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast like could I remote view it if I know what it looks like on the inside ironically I think like a week later there's a video on my TikTok on my for you page about this psychic medium that could remote view and I forgot where she went. I don't know if it was the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, it was Cecil Hotel. Yeah. And she's just like, no, don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. What did she Which sp- made me think, like, I'm I'm thinking, like, places that you have not been to, like, you haven't set foot in. Because, like, I've, I've remote viewed places that I've been before. 
But the way she described how it looked from the astral form of Mm -hmm. yourself when you go there, she said there was portals everywhere. Yeah. With things coming flying in and out. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a fun. Which makes it more, you know, probably explain why it's so haunted in the sense of that level. Why so much torment has happened. If there's so many portals for so much spirits to come in and out of. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because not only does good spirits come through, demonic stuff will probably come through. Yep. Anyways, on to the next story. This is still a babysitter story. We'll transition out of that soon. (laughs) So this one was... Actually, this is the last babysitter story. So as I was babysitting a kid and we were watching TV in his basement, that right there sounds like a no-go for me. I'm not fond of basements either. Anyways. I guess a lot of places I'm not fond of. Anyways. (laughs) All of a sudden, he shuts the TV off and whips his head to stare at the wall behind him. He stared for a solid three minutes and said, Not now! And continued watching TV. A few minutes later, he looked out the wall again and said, I'll see you later, okay? I was so freaked out. (sighs) I don't like these stories because it sounds like my childhood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sounds like stuff I told people. Um, For me, because this has actually happened... Once with my brother, my younger brother, because they're like a good 20, 21 years younger than I am. Um, I know like I, I saw him. I went, he was supposed to be going to sleep and I looked and he had the covers over his head. And I know what that means because I've dealt with it. Uh, I was like, hey, are you, are you okay? And he was like, I'm scared of the dark. He's got a speech impediment a little bit. He's a kid. Can't say his R words, which is like me. So I relate to him a lot in a lot of different ways. Um, but no, he was like, I'm scared of the dark, right? And so I was like, are you okay, though? Like, he's like, I see a creature thing over there, right? And I was like, what? And he, you know, obviously I sent something because I got you to pull. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but he was like, you're sitting on the rocking chair. And that same rocking chair, fun fact, it's in a different room because, you know, we're at the same house that I saw the, the colonial girl, right? Which, by the way, I ghost tube that before and got answers about that. Anyways, um, but it's the same chair that I saw. Because my mom has had this chair for since I was born. And funny enough, it's like an heirloom that apparently I, I inherited or I'm going to inherit from her. Mm. So I'm like, I don't know if I want that because I see dead girls sitting in that and dead people and I prefer not. Anyways. But uh, um, that's where he said the figure was, like just chilling there on the chair. It was in the area, but yeah. it wasn't much that hard to pull off. Yeah, so that's creepy. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, I got a story for you. Okay, it's called Guardians. Ooh. By uh, Dark Alligator. Why do you say it I like that? That's a Doc Alligator. That's how it's spelled. Doc alligator. 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 Okay. They don't play that. Alright. Um, <laughs> he awoke to a huge insect-like creatures looming over his bed and screened his lungs out. They hastily left the room. They hastily left the room and he stayed up all night, shaking and wondering if it had been a dream. The next morning, there was a tap on the door. Gathering his courage, he opened it to see one of them gently place a plate filled with fried breakfast on the floor, then retreat to safety distance. Bewildered, he accepted the gift. The creatures chittered excitedly. Uh, This happened every day for weeks. At first, he was worried they they were uh, fattening him up, but after a particular greasy breakfast left him clutching his chest from heartburn, they replaced with fresh fruit. As well as cooking, as well as cooking, they poured hot, steamy baths for him, and even tucked him in when they went to bed. It was bizarre. One night, he awoke to gunshots and screaming. He raced downstairs to find a de- decapitated burglar being devoured by the insects. He was he was sickened, but he uh, disposed. But oh, sorry, he was sickened, but disposed of the remains as best he could. He knew they had been protecting him. One morning, the creatures wouldn't let him leave his room. Uh, he lay down confused, but, trust, uh, but trusting as they uh, urged him back to bed. Uh, whatever their motives, they were going 
they weren't going to hurt him. Hours later, burning pain spread throughout his body. It felt like his stomach was filled with razor wire. The insects chittered as they spasmed and moaned. It was uh, only when uh, he felt a terrible squirming beneath his skin that he realized the insects had been protecting him. They had been, they had been protecting their young. Ew. Why are you looking at me like that? I was waiting for your reaction. And this is like nighttime right now that we're recording, so this is great. So that's not a scary story, but in a sense of that's... Uh, like, huh? Funny enough, my right ear started ringing. Really? Which, uh, in paranormal world, that means a warning. Ew. You didn't know that? No, I know that, but like why? I'm trying to figure out why, you know, why... I think like any kind of thing sinister that like you read or whatever, or that you're like focusing on... Like, cause I know, like sometimes when I read some of these, like, yeah, that's a um, it's not a sorry a gift that only people with abilities have. Anyone can literally have it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're and, and it's, I know I you say, oh, your ears are ringing. You probably got ear damage. No, no. Uh, so yeah, I do from years of playing metal. But um, no, if your right ear rings without any provocation, mm-hmm. right? No high pitched TV, no nothing like that. You haven't been around loud noises or anything of that nature. And all out of nowhere, it rings, but it almost sounds like it's ringing from outside your ear, not inside your ear. Yeah, that's illusory warning. It's the spirits or your spirit guardian, uh, spirit. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Guardian spirits. Spirit guides. Spirit guides. That's the word I'm looking for. Guardian your spirit guides trying to give you a uh, a warning. Illusory right ear is a warning. Left ear is like a listen. Like, hey, listen, what's going on here? Right? Why the hell? What am you talking about? An insects. Protecting, the, well, protecting, not protecting him, but protecting their young. Um, be a warning. I don't mm, know. That's weird. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this next story I have is from a website called Thought Catalog. Um, they have a lot of interesting articles. Um, and this actually came from an article called 23 True Scary Stories That Could Convince You of the Supernatural. Which I thought was interesting because, you know. But this one was uh, sent in by the Swagmeister420 underscore 69. So the name says a lot. Anyways, okay. But these were all sent in and they're featured on that article. Something just touched me. Okay. Uh, When I was around 17... I got out of bed to go get my dog out of his kennel and feed him. As I passed one of the cabinets, a voice whispered in my ear, Wake up! Or no, whispered, sorry. Wake up! I could feel the breath and everything and literally just froze for a few seconds and ran upstairs telling myself, What the fuck? Repeatedly. I've done that. (laughs) A couple times. Uh, It has messed with me to this day. I'd rather have heard anything else because wake up just messes with you. What do you think? You think when you hear the word wake up. Uh, Like if you heard like well you did hear wake up. Yeah, but it was like repetitive like wake up, wake up, wake up, boom, hit the table. Right? Um and later I woke up from it. But it was like a weird, I was waking up out of the sleep. And I was like, what the fuck? And, you know, my first few thoughts that registered in my mind were, is that like one of my cousins? Because I did have young cousins that mm-hmm. were girls and stuff like that. Because they look like a girl. Yeah. And like, uh, and I was like, what the hell's going on? And then, the, you know, wake up and boom on the desk. Like, whoa, shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's just. I've actually had, and this is like a recent thing with me, um, where I I sometimes remember like my dreams and sometimes don't but a lot of the times you guys have heard me say on here that if i remember my dreams it's something important it may be metaphorical you know like how i see it like but it's it's important in some way shape or form the meaning behind it um and recently i've been literally to a point where i wake i tell myself in the dream wake up and remember this wake up and remember that and so I haven't heard an entity say wake up, but I've, no, I think the scariest thing, no, you want to know the freakiest thing that I've had recently, uh, 
along the lines of that. So I get a lot of things in my dreams. And I even was told by psychics that once I kind of mastered that, like, astral plane and stuff like that and all of that, that literally that's going to be a strong suit of mine. And uh, one of the days, I think it was, like, maybe a couple weeks ago, I did that thing where I'm talking to myself, like, to remember or whatever. But I heard my spirit guides go, wake up, wake up, wake up, but don't don't take the covers off. Don't take the covers off. Right? And I was like, what? Right? And they were like, have Isaac pull the window. Because my side of the bed is right next to a window. So, and I have weird things with windows. Like, there's, I don't know. Anyways. um, So, they were like, have Isaac, wake him up, pull the window, pull the window. Right? Right hand, pull the window. And me, I'm confused. Like, I don't know what the heck, what is this? I just woke up, I don't know. Right? And so I kept the covers over my head, but then I, like, got forced back to sleep. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Um, And I was in this room, this, like, classroom, and I was dressed in, like, like a pencil skirt and, like, a nice blouse. And this guy said, uh, you know, come in, right? He looked like Colin Firth, I think is his name. Is that his name, Colin Firth? A British guy? You're talking about the British guy in um, Kingsman? Yeah. To play the uh, Galahad? Yeah. Yeah, Colin Firth. Okay, Colin yeah. Firth. So he kind of looked like him, but like a couple years younger. Like like maybe late 30s, early 40s, like Colin Firth. And he had glasses on, and he's British. And he uh, sat me down, and I look, and it's like that like cabinet thing that teachers have. Like, the you know, where they put the kids coats or something like that not like a cubby but it looks like a big locker Mm. almost and on top of there was this gargoyle thing just sitting there right and the the guy the Colin Firth guy pulled out this ancient ancient map like it was like old and he was telling me he was like they're planting planting the gargoyles everywhere they're planting well he didn't say gargoyles he called it something else he was showing me, like, and it was, like, the map of the world, and it was showing me, like, their plans or whatever. And I was like, okay. And that was pretty much the end of the dream. But, yeah. So, that's freaking scary. They're planting gargoyles. <laughs> that or, you know. That's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. Which made me think kind of like... If I had to think what it was, so I'm wondering if it was referring to demonic possession. Mm. Like more people are kind of going into that, that, you know, like messing around with stuff, looking, you know, kind of going the darker route of things. Do you remember what that map looked like? It was old. It was like burnt yellow. No. Like, and it smelled weird. I remember that. So anyone that has those kind of... And crazy thing is my friend Jess, who I'm actually going to do an episode because I found Jess through the podcast, or she found us through the podcast, like, trying to find paranormal podcasts, and she connected with me on a lot of the similar stories. Um, She said she had similar experiences, even to what Isaac has felt and seen and stuff like that. And uh, so me and her kind of, like, we started talking... That was my stomach, I'm sorry. Um, October, maybe? Um, And since then, like, literally we talk every single day. And she's seen this British guy, too. She was, like, I, you know, sent her pictures of, because that's one thing is I like any kind of visions, dreams. I like to find pictures that can represent what I see. Like, if I had drawing abilities, I'd draw everything out. But I don't. So I have to find things that are almost like a vision board of what I see. She was like, yeah, I've seen this guy, too. And he's got a lot of information. He just tells people in dreams. So, I don't know. I don't know. Weird. So, I don't know what they're doing. Are you going to tell the next story? Or you mm-hmm. want me to? Go ahead. Go. This one's called The Timekeeper. Ew. This sounds like a freaky one already. Mm. All right. He had been given the watch. I'm oh, sorry. He had been given the watch on his 10th birthday. 
It's an ordinary gray plastic wristwatch in every uh, every respect, except for the fact that it had been uh, it was counting down. That's all the uh, no, sorry. That's all of the time you have left in the world, son. Use it wisely. Right. Uh, so indeed he did. As the watch ticked away, the boy, now a man, lived a life lived uh, the life to the fullest, climbing mountains and swam oceans. He talked and laughed and lived and loved. The man was never afraid, for he knew exactly how much time he had left. Eventually, the watch began its final countdown. The old man stood looking over everything he had done and everything he had built. Five. He shook hands with old uh, business partner and the man who had long been his friend and confidant. Four. His dog came and licked his hand, earning a, a pat on the head for his companionship. Three. He hugged his son, knowing that he had been a good father. Two. He kissed his wife on the forehead one last time. One. The old man smiled and closed his eyes. Then nothing happened. The watch beeped once, and the alarm had turned off. The man stood standing there, very much alive. He would think that in the moment he would have been overjoyed. Instead, for the first time in his life, the man was scared. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So this Almost is... like a prank you could do to your son. Yeah. <laughs> a horrible prank. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is how much time you have left. So this is kind of scary. So I stumbled upon, this was actually by Esquire.com, and it's under the news and politics, but it's 10 terrifying but true horror stories reported in the news. This was written by Matt Miller and Laura Crank, I think. Um, so it was a just recent article. It's October 7th, 2020. This is kind of spooky. This is called The Phone Stalker. So, in 2007, ABC News documented a series of cell phone calls to families with terrifyingly specific death threats. The unidentified callers knew exactly what families were doing and what they were wearing. The families say the calls came in at all hours of the night, threatening to kill their children, their pets, and grandparents. Voicemails arrived playing recordings of their private conversations, including one with a local police detective. The caller knows, the family said, what they were wearing, what they're doing, and after months of investigating, police seemed powerless to stop them. I just got an idea. I wonder if this has a... Anyways, sorry. That was my own little ad-lib there. Okay, anyways. This went on with the... I may not be able to say this correctly. Kwai Kendall? Kennel family? Kwai Kennel family? For months. Who reported a caller with a scratchy voice threatening to slit their throats. When the Fear Crest Washington police tried to find the culprit, the calls were traced back to the Kwai Kendall's own phones, even when they were turned off. It got worse. The Kwai Kendall's and two other Fear Crest families told ABC News that they believe the callers are using their cell phones to spy on them. They say the hackers know their every move, where they are, what they're doing, and what they're wearing. The callers have recorded private conversations, the families, and police said, including a meeting with a local detective. Mm. It makes me wonder, at first, when I first read that first part, because this is just, I read like a couple, I kind of skimmed through it and then like pick them for the episode, but it kind of reminds me of, there was, I forgot where and who and what and all that junk, but um, there was like a delivery man person that would go in or like even an exterminator and like put cameras in the family's house and the first part made me think of that like little like little cameras that they would install and they would go and they would like service the house or whatever yeah i was thinking that's probably that could be how they know everything but then the phones too how they know the phones so then again you can hack a phone you can hack a baby monitor it's not like a lot of stuff you can't hack so if you're a good enough hacker, well, a baby monitor thing it really is not hackable. Not so. not that, but like the Alexas or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Freaky. No, people have actually. I think I've read where people have actually hacked baby monitors, like the Wi-Fi ones, like the expensive ones. Yeah, but I'm talking about old radio ones. Yeah, but I don't want to know. Uh, uh-uh, no, thank you. We pick up a lot of EVPs with that. Whew. I remember that's the first thing we talked about Ugh. not getting. Yeah. Like I remember I said, you want to get baby monitor for killing? Like, nah, you might hear too many weird shit over it. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear another one? I got a story. Uh, 
I got one before mm-hmm. I tell my made up story I told when I was a kid. Um, this is more like a paradox. Or Wait, almost... you made up that you made up a story when I was a kid. I told you that. Okay, I want I want to know this story because I've never heard this story. No, because it, I told you it's not great, but that's not the point. But there's <laughs> got to be some sort of truth to it if you've made it up. Like there's got to be something that inspired that. Uh, rainy days on the ranch in my extreme imaginative mind. Hmm. I don't know. I'll let you know. All right. On air. Um, I was reading this story, and as much as it is scary, it's almost can lead into a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Which is funny enough, it was the last week's episode. Yeah. All right. This story is called Hell. Dun, 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 dun. All right. There was no pearly gates. The only reason I knew I was in a cave was because I had just passed the entrance. The rock wall rose behind me with no ceiling in sight. I knew this was it. There was, This is what religion talked about, what man feared. I had just entered the gate uh, of hell. I felt the presence of the cave as a, it was a living, breathing creature. The stench of rotten flesh overwhelmed me. There was, Then there was the voice. It came from inside and all around. Welcome, who are you? I, I asked. Or sorry, I said, welcome. And I said, who are you? I asked, trying to keep my composure. You know. The thing answered, uh, and, I, and I did know, you're the devil. I stuttered, quickly losing my composure. Uh, why me? I lived as good as I could. The silence uh, I could. The silence took over the space as my words died out. It seemed like an hour went by before the response came. What did you expect? The voice was penetrating but patient. I, I don't know. I, I, I never believed any of this, I uttered. Is, is that why I'm here? Silence, I continued. They they say the greatest trick you ever pulled was convincing the world you don't exist. No, the greatest trick I ever pulled was convincing the world that there was an alternative. To which I replied, there is no God? I shivered. The cave trembled with the words, I am God. Dang. Da, da, da. That's crazy. <laughs> which, after I read that, I was like, fuck. That's like a that could lead to people with conspiracy theories. Mm. Yeah, like what if that's a trick? What if they make it? They will make people think God existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling that thought around your head, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't. Even if like, I know this is a story, but even if there was any validation or any kind of people thinking they had great proof, I know there's not. For the same reason that I know. These hands of mine are ruled by whatever rule to mm-hmm. determine good from evil. Yeah, right? True. So I know one and the two exist at the same time. Yes, sir? Yes. So, <sighs> freaks me out talking about this stuff, but no. it's okay. It needs to be talked about. So, another one of the 10 real-life horror stories uh, reported in the news. This was an exorcism in Indianapolis. Last year, which, when was this written? Oh, 2020, so 2019. Mm. So, last year, the Indianapolis Star published a lengthy report on a family terrorized by three children allegedly possessed by demons. The account of Latoya Ammons and her family tells disturbing stories of children climbing up the walls. The demon house. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I thought this was something else. That's a demon house. Uh, well, then it's in here. It's nearly 800 pages of official records obtained by Indianapolis Star and recounted more than a dozen interviews with police. Uh, DC, DCS. Yes, you're right. This is. I thought that sounded familiar. Tisk, tisk, tisk. For those who don't know, the Demon House uh, was a house haunted by uh, supposedly demonic positions. Uh, Zach Bagans bought the house and did his own investigation. He told the backstory of what happened and stuff like that. So um, I was just watching that because it's really intense. Okay. Here's yeah. another one. Right. And I thought this was insane. Pulling the story from the Demon House. I didn't know what was. It was part <laughs> of the. I didn't straight up say, like, this is the Demon House. No. This was... 
So, okay, dead animals in the walls. And this is still part of the 10 real life horror stories that mm-hmm. are reported in the news. So when the Brett's Zunis, what is with these names, family, decided to insulate their home in Auburn, all Auburn, Pennsylvania, in 2015, they discovered that it had already been with scores of dead animal carcasses. As Fox reported, the dead animal the dead animals were wrapped in newspapers from the 1930s and 40s and were among half-used spices and other items. After the removing the items, they sent hundreds of artifacts and carcasses to an expert in Cuzatown. Cuzatown. Cuz, Cuzatown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I picked this. Anyways. The experts attributed the rotting animals animals in the walls to powwow or Dutch magic, a ritual originating in the culture of the Pennsylvania Dutch to trail to treat ailments and gain physical and spiritual protection. The Pennsylvania Dutch were a group of German speaking settlers to Pennsylvania in the sixteen and seventeen hundreds and are often of Lutheran, Mennonite, or Amish faiths. That's interesting. The Washington Post notes on the magic. Many of the spells deal with the care of livestock, finding water, or the treatment of minor ailments, reflecting the conditions and concerns of early American settlers. But powwow also has within it a tradition of darker spells and even such things as conjuring demons. That's interesting. One notable ritual in their tradition is this hex to create loyalty in a dog. To attract a dog to a person, provided nothing else was used before to affect it, they tried to draw some of your blood or your blood and let the dog eat it along with its food, and he will stay with you. The mold found on the rotting carcasses in the home has caused illness among the family members, and they say that the odor hasn't gone away. Yeah. Holy crap! What? Makes me a little bit weary. Some of the home buyer. <laughs> We're gonna have a house inspector. Yeah, I know. Um, can you expect us to make sure there's no dead carcasses in the walls? Thanks. You would smell that shit for one. Yeah, that's just. All right. Now to dip into young Isaac's mind. Mm-hmm. Remember, I wrote this when I was like twelve, maybe younger. Yeah. Uh, and it's more like I told it more or less than I wrote it. <laughs> But I did write it. Wrote it went down for a, a class assignment, and uh, yeah, I got. I think I got a, a, a B. Uh, I don't remember. Mm. Anyway, the whole picture of the story is a young man. Mm-hmm. Let's say sixteen, seventeen. Right, was dating a girl. Mm. They dated for a little bit. He got tired of her, and he broke up with her. To which she was destroyed emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So he he he, he went home. Um, and reports later that she apparently killed herself mm. over oh the breakup. God. How old were you? 14, 13, 14. Okay. She pulled the care of herself over the, the heartbreak, the depression, mm-hmm. right? He felt nothing of it, right? He was staying at his, uh, his home, which is kind of like my ranch because mm-hmm. I, I figured it out. From his window, he could see down the long stretch of road that lead, led to the highway. Um, and this stretch of road, it had trees on both sides and stuff like that. So if it was, say, overcast, the, the stretch of road was dark enough that someone could walk down and he could barely see them. Right? He was home alone. And as it was raining, pretty heavy that day, um, he was home. And uh, he could see out his window a figure standing at the end of the road. He didn't know who it was or anything like that. He thought, I guess, it maybe someone passing by. This road does get hitchhikers every now and then. So he went back to watching his shows, um, then turned back to look out the window again, and this figure was closer, somewhat halfway down the path. But every time he looked, it, st- it stood still. Getting a little freaked out, right? Um, he got his dog to come and deliver him with him. Um, and asked the dog, "Do you can you smell it? Can you, you know who that is, right? Dog shook its head. I don't know why you understand it. Does remember the story where I was a kid? Uh, so he went back to watch it for a little bit, and then looked back at his TV. No more than like three seconds of looking back, he looked back, and his figure was actually closer 
standing at the almost, let's say, 100 yards away mm -hmm. to where he can see clearly a silhouette of a girl in a dress. But her dark hair was covering her face. Of course, it was raining out there. Him, being freaked out, didn't know who or what this was. So he sent his dog out to attack it, right? It was getting dark at the time that he saw the figure get close enough. So he couldn't really see clearly out there anymore. Um, so he sent his dog out to attack or see who it was. Time passed. He heard his dog barking, then silence. He kept looking out the window. Granted, it was dark at nighttime, so he couldn't really see. But through the flashes of lightning, he could kind of see for a brief second. Flash of lightning. Didn't see anything. Flash of lightning. Didn't see anything. Then he put his face against the glass to see if he could see very clearly. Then flash of lightning. The girl who committed suicide was staring him face face to face in the glass with no eyes in her eyeballs with her dog's uh, with his dog's uh bloody head as she repeated the words you're next what you wrote this as a kid you psychopath <laughs> you watched a lot of horror movies didn't you not really at 14 i don't know what was out back then what 2001 i don't know I remember when I was a kid. I remember that. I was just trying to scare people. You probably <laughs> the listeners like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I wrote that when I was, I was, was a young man. I, I, like, I have a great, more imaginative mind now. You probably write something better than that, but I never oh really cared too much into it. Then again, most of the stuff we experience is a scary story in its own. Which I don't know if we can do that again because. Not saying we were told every story you did of all our ghost adventures, <laughs> pun, um, or ghost experiences we've had, or scary experiences altogether. But most of our scary stories are now being uh, retold with our haunted updates because we are paranormal investigators now. Which leads me to the end of the show. Uh, but yeah. We are actually part of a paranormal team called No Quarter Paranormal. Yeah. You guys can check out the Instagram, No Quarter Paranormal on Instagram. Uh, no Quarter Paranormal on Twitter. Uh, there's, I think, a link tree on the Instagram that sends you all other places. I know they got a Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and YouTube. Check that out. Yes. Yes. Um, also, real quick, a disclaimer. If you want to contact them, because... You know, they do go, we do go on cases that are, like, not investigation, but are, you know, like, people that need help. Um, do we do that? Or if you want to talk to us about an investigation or, you know, like, you want us to investigate a certain spot, you know, like, um, please either DM us on our social medias or email at nocorderparanormal at gmail.com. Um. That is the best way to get a hold of them and us as a team. Uh, or if you know anybody needs help or a situation like that, and maybe they're too scared to contact because if they believe contact someone, they might think you're crazy, or they think they're you might think they're crazy and stuff like that. Nah, don't don't ever don't think of such those things. Um, we're along with us as a team, paranormal investigating. We're out to help people as well. Yeah, like I said, Megan's abilities, my abilities can help out. And uh, other teams acknowledge and experience and their abilities as well can help out with people that are dealing with something paranormal that they don't want to, let's say, deal with, need to get rid of, or it's too out of their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Out of their control. Mm -hmm. That they need help with something. And we can help. Yeah. But Brandon, our physics leader, has um, done this before many times. Mm -hmm. So, um. Uh, wait, wait. Next week's episode. Uh, what's what is it? Haunted asylums and hospitals. Haunted asylums and hospitals. But is that really is not American Hotspots Part Two? We're kind of just picking one because American Hotspots has so many spots. But this is basically just on haunted hospitals and asylums. Yeah. 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 Which uh, another announcement? Uh, we actually have a bonus episode for you guys. This week and next week, and yeah. possibly the week after that. And so we're going to be booked with bonus episodes for you guys. Which it comes out every Friday. Yeah. yeah. So 
This week we have Emily. Um, you can find her at, at Miss Lovely Dark, I believe, is the thing. Um, if not, if that's not correct, I will link it um, in a separate post on Instagram. I want to say that I think that's it. Um, but she is a death doula, and she's also got you know abilities and stuff. So we're gonna talk about some. Sp- and she also investigates too, um, whenever she has the time. But I think it's interesting that there is a death doula, you know. Um, and she's going to talk about that and then she's going to talk about like her abilities and like spiritual awakening and like all that good stuff. So it'll be fun. I'm going to be interviewing her. That'll come out this Friday. Uh, and then next week's episode on Wednesday with haunted asylums and hospitals. And then Isaac will be interviewing, uh, a paranormal, um, team, team out of West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be some good stuff coming. Which that bonus episode come out next Friday, um, but yeah. So guys, uh, look for those uh, yeah further episodes coming soon. Um, Merch coming soon. I keep saying that. Yeah, and I'm serious. Okay. It is stickers and stuff. And stuff. Yeah, I got the cricket this this week, so. I'm oh, like, you already said that last time. Yeah, but that thing is not easy to work. Hey. So, I'm learning, but I want to get you guys some stickers. So, yeah. I already have one in the works for Burly Man Bottom Belch. <laughs> it's a green ghost cloud. Yeah. Floating around the words. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, always, guys, you can check out our uh, Instagram. I hit in the uh, Shadows Podcast on Instagram. I hit in the uh, Shot 6 at Twitter. Uh hit in the Podcast 2 on TikTok. Uh... I think that's it for social media. Yeah. Um, you guys want to message us and also, I'm sorry, check out our website, hiddenintheshadowspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there you can get links to all our different social media. Also, uh, the episodes that we've done so far, where to go to listen to them. Um, also, you can email us there from that site if you want to come on a Saturday Night Live with us um, or possibly uh, want either me or Megan to go on one of your uh, podcast interviews or YouTube channels, whatever. If you want to interview, <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to interview us, or you want to come uh, possibly on one of our bonus episodes, you can uh, message us there. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yep.